Good morning, everyone. As LeBron James likes to say, it is Taco Tuesday. We have a very exciting episode for you this morning. Um, hope you're all having a great start to your day as well. Hope that working, that coffee is tasting fresh. Uh, so we start off with a um, little week, weekend update, some chit-chat. We catch up on some Labor Day things as well, uh, since we did have, uh, have an off day. Um, but I started talking about some couples in Virginia um, talking about their marriaging license, and it's requiring them to identify their race for the, the license. And I guess it's a, a state law, but uh, I did not... Um, understand the historical piece behind the law so uh, Tim was kind enough to update on that and do some research on that mid-show so uh, I do apologize for having lack of uh, my research done there but then I talk about an article that just throws out a, a number of calories per day and a number of minutes to work out per day promoting uh, muscle gain and fat loss and I, I had to nitpick on this one a little bit there uh, for my RLE my friend Shelby um, asked me a question on true happiness on the way back from our Labor Day weekend, and I wanted to bring that to light because it was it was a very uh, enlightening and humbling question, and one that really makes you think uh, what kind of adjust adjustments you might have to make throughout your your every day um, for your own happiness. And then finish on our book talk, talking about uh, lightening up, uh, about your expectations through your everyday life and how your feelings can guide you through your life as well. Tim, what else we get into? Yeah, I talk about a very inspiring story about the son of a Mexican immigrant named Richard Montanez, who went from janitor at Frito-Lay to a top executive because of a very uh, creative idea that he brought to the CEO. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, I'll also get into the fact that I'm now a professional writer. What? So I'm going to get into how that came about uh, and just the process of getting to that point and just a deeper discussion about uh, your creative work. And then end the show talking about Book Talk, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, uh, how to overcome those creative blocks in your life. And, and we kind of discussed what the concept of a true professional is and how uh, the difference between aiming for success versus aiming towards daily improvement. So that's a very discussion that we get into there towards the end of the episode. Um, I know you guys are not only going to enjoy your tacos today, but <laughs> actually enjoy the tacos while you're listening to this episode. <laughs> there so we with, go. without further ado, episode 83, have a joyous Tuesday. How's the weekend, Tim? It was amazing. It was scary. I saw it too. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Little scary movie guy action. Mm -hmm. Only only when I'm with other people though. Okay. I'm sure you you feel the same way. Yeah. I, I don't so I do enjoy scary movies. Well, I don't know if enjoy is the proper term. But I'm with you. With with small groups, yeah, I think they're enjoyable. They can be a good time, you know, scare the piss out of you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um but I don't actively like seek out new ones. Yeah. Like uh, Dan Fusen, who we've had on the show. So if you haven't listened to that episode, shameless plug, go listen to Dan Fusen, great artist. Um, he he loves scary movies. Like he will seek them out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just along for the ride here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, might have to. Mm, 
just get like, ah, I don't know about this, but I'll go, I'll go dive into it if, if I'm with some, like the right people. Yeah. And I like the thrill of it, but what I like more about scary movies is like the storyline behind it and the plot and, mm. and like the history behind it and how things are like interconnected. I, I kind of enjoy learning about that more than actual, cause I like jumping and I like just the thrill of just like waiting for something to happen. But yeah, like that just. Just looking at it from the director's point of view and just how he created the storyline, I, I enjoy that part of it. So have have you seen all of the It movies? I've only seen the two recent ones that were produced like in this decade. I haven't seen the one, I don't even remember what year it was. I know it was like 70s or 80s or something. Okay. Um, so you're going to watch that this Halloween or what? I kind of want to. I yeah. just want to see and compare the two just to see the differences yeah. and similarities. But yeah, the, the ones and in, in this one is just... The graphics and everything that that comes out. I mean, as of any scary movie, but I just thought it was it was cool. We were gonna see it at a drive-in, but we weren't able to, so we had to go to the movie theater. And mm. to get to the movie theater, you're like driving on like swervy like country back roads. So oh, the, so it just adds so the, to the, it. The drive home was a little bit like oh, there's, there's gonna be a clown that pops out <laughs> out of the shrubbery to the right, but not nah, shrubbery. It was good. <laughs> Good time. So is uh, is Brett big on scary movies then too? Yeah, yeah. She's big on movies in general. Okay. Yeah, she likes scary movies. Good to see you're being a movie buff. I think yeah. I've talked movies with her before. Yeah. Cool, man. Glad uh, glad you got to just kind of relax and do some some lower key things and yeah. see a movie. I feel like I never see movies anymore. Yeah. Well, they're expensive too. Yeah. And you but. got Netflix. And you got Netflix at your disposal, right? There. I feel like Netflix has gone down on my list a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you would not just like watch the shit out of that one, whatever show you guys watch. Oh, Animal Kingdom? Yeah. No, that was and Prime. Oh. That well, was Amazon Prime. Same concept. Like, you have Prime and, and on demand movie. Thing. Yeah. I mean, but, is the same as everything else. But yeah, gotta be honest. I think Netflix is kind of, uh, kind of gone down a little bit in my book. Yeah. I mean, just the. I mean, it's becoming saturated, so they're not going to be as quality, I guess. I don't yeah, know. but that's the thing. Like, options are just, like, not as great. Like, then you look at Hulu and Prime Video, and it's just, like, they have pretty good options. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff. Yeah, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah, Amazon has they have Entourage. Animal Kingdom was good. They have The Magnificent Seven. They have uh, some of the most recent rock movies. Like, they have good list of options Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason netflix i think just due to lack of owning a lot of certain things as we talked about with other streaming services coming in the market they're starting to lose their um options of what they can offer people due Mm -hmm. to legality yeah and so it's just like now it's it's funny we talk about it now as a consumer i'm seeing and feeling it Mm -hmm. so it's just like here's the start yeah, I think it's more of other other places just coming in and offer new options, and people like people like different choices. So I mean, you still got Stranger Things, you still got House of Cards, Breaking Bad, you had all the all the good stuff on Netflix. Just other things are coming into the arena. But I get what you're saying about your original point. Not as much movie theater going because you have everything on demand right in front of you on your TV. So I get that. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's convenience. Yeah, and it's already paid for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Small little fee every month. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good deal. Um, yeah, so I, uh, we went out for uh, Brady's birthday yesterday, or not yesterday. Um, oh, man. 
get all my wires crossed here. So yeah, we went out for Brady's birthday on Saturday for a little bit. Shot some pool, had a couple drinks, nothing too, too crazy. Uh, and then, what did I do Friday? I think Friday just took it easy at home. Yeah, I think I read a little bit Friday. Uh, yeah, t- took it easy. I'm good for like the one night a weekend if I want to go out mm-hmm. and do something, usually. That's how I am. Because I like to, one, not feel like ass, but two be productive and do some things like do things I want to work on because during the week it's hard to fit it all in with like just regular day job but uh, I had <laughs> I was at Costco on let's see Friday after work and you ever had someone stand like so close behind you in line at like anything but I was in a grocery store like so close I literally felt him behind me. It wasn't like you feel someone watching you or you feel someone's kind of close to you. This guy was like almost dick to ass. And it's like, listen, pal, I don't think anyone's going to jack your spot in line here at this real busy Costco. There's a lot of people here. and There's a lot of lines here. But you don't need to stand so close to me. And so I would do like kind of the half turn, kind of like the – because, I mean, I'm not going to make a scene about it. It's not a big deal. It's small stuff, right? And – but I'm kind of doing the half turn of just like, hey, I hope you see me just kind of turning as in the, yo, back off, buddy. Like, I have had enough of your presence just so close. Like, stop breathing on my neck. Like, let's talk about this. Get your frozen veggies away from my asshole and back up in this line. Was it crowded? Oh, yeah. So busy. So busy. But, I mean. I love the half turn because I do that too. I feel like everyone does that. It's, it's, one of the, it's the nonverbal cue of being like. Dude, you're too close to me. Back yeah. Off. Without yeah. being rude and saying back off. Yeah. And, and so, like I said, it's not a big deal. I wasn't going to make a, a big thing about it. But it's just like, come on, man. Why Why do you feel the need to stand this close to me? Just, I'm minding my P's and Q's, Buster. You do the same. Now, I'm writing about you in my phone notes so I can talk about you on my podcast. You made it, <laughs> but now we're talking about him, so he's famous. Yep, 15 seconds of fame. Yeah, right. So I was just like, what just an interesting societal, it's kind of like, you know, when you get stuck sitting next to like, someone's like, the bigger, whether, not like fat, but just wider people uh, at like a sporting event or mm-hmm. an airplane, and uh, that happened when we were in South Bend, when mm-hmm. uh, those people sat next to me, I was like, oh man, we're not going to share this armrest. I just lost one. Baseball games. Man. Baseball games. Damn games. Uh, sports. Um, so take us through what's going on in the world today, Tim. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to start since you got two? Oh, I got yeah. one. Yeah, go, go, I got a little go back greedy. and forth ping pong. Got a little greedy. Yeah. Uh, so this first one is is just kind of going back to the notion of. We're we're calling out everything and anyone we possibly can because we think we're all kind of a victim here. Mm-hmm. And so there's three couples in Virginia who are suing because the state has a requirement that anyone who gets married in the state of Virginia must identify their race for the marriage license. So it's it's anyone and everyone who gets married in Virginia has to do this just for the license. And it's just, I, th- I thought of this as like, okay, on my driver's license, you need my race and gender and, and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. you have to identify me. 
this is a legally binding thing. Like in a lot of legally binding stuff or even what your ACT, your SAT, you pick what race, any standardized tests you check in the box, you know. And you apply for jobs. Right, exactly. And it's just, it's a marriage license. And, and it's a, a state-bound like contract acknowledging that you are married, but they just want to identify who's getting married. It's And so they're saying that this is racist, unconstitutional, offensive to human dignity, re- reflective of a racist past. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did we get there with you applying to get married and they're just asking to identify, like, your race from from the article that i read from nbc from my understanding of of reading through that that it's just the law of the state of virginia and i guess there's eight other states that have it like where you just identify your race on your marriage license it's like your driver's license does the same thing Mm -hmm. and so i didn't understand and again i'm not them so and I haven't talked to these exact people. I don't know their perspective, but... Why are there only eight states that do this? I don't know. That I, that I did not uh, go down. I'm not sure. But I, I just... You know, I didn't see why this became such a big deal. Yeah. And it's like we're trying to play another like victimhood mentality of, oh, it's, it's all against what was me. It's like, that's just the law. Mm-hmm. It's all it's just the law of getting a marriage license. So I I don't know what's gonna happen with this, but I mean, since there's only eight states, fire them, I'd probably just go to a different state and do it that doesn't. <laughs> instead of come instead of taking yeah. the time to write a letter to the Yeah, or that. Like you've heard stories of Do people use it for statistic reasons? I don't know, man. That's weird. I don't know I don't know. I thought of it just like uh as identify, make sure like they have the right people, you know? Yeah. When you get surgery they sharpie the leg and they make sure they know exactly what side they're working on like 18 times it's just to make sure to identify i don't know yeah i think this is dumb because of the fact that the state already does have this in the first place like they have it like you said they have it's, it for the, it's just the law yeah and they already have like just the, the concept like what like they already have your information like that like why like what's the what's the deal with like providing it again like it for the it's for not the like they're saying that they can't get married yeah, and I think some of these couple couples were interracial as well, and from different uh, cultural or religious backgrounds, and so I think there was some of that going on, and they saw that as targeting, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, from that side, um, I can maybe see where they're trying to to come from. Like, hey, while doing this, maybe they didn't know it was an original, like part of just getting the license. Uh, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was just some misunderstanding with with this, or maybe I am misunderstanding part of the article. But from from what I read earlier, uh, it seemed like it was just how Virginia does the licensing. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, I'm reading this right here. Until the 1820s, the comment, the concept of providing your race for a marriage license was to prevent whites from marrying blacks oh really yeah wow so maybe that's what they're talking about okay but aren't they there it isn't like yeah just that that's 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 good research that's interesting okay but like, yeah 
But so, still, like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the principle, historical principle of it. But Okay. Yeah. See, that's where it's like... That's in Virginia. Put that... Put, Wait, what? Is this Virginia? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's Virginia. Yeah. It's like, put yeah. that in the article. Yeah. That'd be useful to know. Yeah. Going, um, going back to Doc McGowan, make sure you, you research both sides of it before you make an opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, shame on me, I guess, here. But, but thank you. But interesting bringing, bringing to light, though, the fact that, this, like, this is going on, like... I wonder if these are the first people that have done that. Yeah. So, and you know, I don't care interracial. Marry whoever you want. Love yeah. whoever you want. I don't care. I just this was an interesting article, and thank you for doing that homework of of seeing uh, this uh, historical piece behind it. But I don't know. Just like out of all the people in Virginia, like there's like three as have only said anything. Like, aren't there other? Couples who have maybe done this, they're like, all right, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just... Because I'm, I understand maybe, f- like, from the st- statistical point of view of it, when you're putting your race on anything, because, I mean, that that's how research is done. Like, when... Oh, like maybe, census Yeah, stuff. when they send out, like, re- like articles that, like, oh, like... Okay. Like, research. like, I get that, but, like, for, like, marriage, when you're talking about, like, a bond between two people... Maybe, like, I don't know. They're trying to figure out statistics on the amount of the percentage of racial cups. I don't know. I don't know what I mean, you would need that for. I could mean, be a statistical. I mean, yeah. look, That's you, the what don't you have stats on Yeah. nowadays? But I wonder if they were weird about that because of just the, the basis of how the law was put into place. I, I And it should tell you something that only eight states have that. Like, mm. why do only eight states have that? Like, why don't, like, all 50 of them have it? But that's yeah. weird, man. Yeah, I don't know. Nature, nature of our government system, state hmm. by state. There's Strange. a lot, there's a lot of it, like controversial topics like that. I mean, obviously you got the marijuana thing. Like some yeah. states have stuff like that, some states don't. Some yeah. states I make you report on this. Some states don't. Right. Interesting storyline here. Has anything? Have there been any results? Have there been any results from it? Like anything? not that I read. I just I just read this. Uh, this was very recent, so mm-hmm. I I didn't have. More than, yeah, this was on NBC News. So, yeah, I wish they did add what you found, too. That would that would help maybe explain their point of view of things or how they took, how they took that question on the licensing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just like a, a, a misunderstanding by the nature of an old rule. Well, this is right here. It's... On the base of it's reflective of a racist past. Yeah. So that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And that is that is what they said. Okay, so that's what that reference is. Mm-hmm. See? Ah, come on. NBC, give me a little more juice. Give me a little more juice out of them lemons. Yeah, man. All right. So, yeah. I apologize. I give them, I give them props for taking a stand. Yeah. Uh, I So apologies on my end for missing that part of, of info. But they just... They threw all the the heat out there, and I didn't understand mm-hmm. why. So okay, thank you, Tim. Clickbait. That's what they're trying to Dude, do. Dude, no shit, no shit. And I got got. I got got. Writers are clawing for clicks to the. To the I admit they're, it. They're gonna frame it in a way that. I admit it right on the show. I got got. Damn you, NBC News. Uh, what you got, man? Yeah, I got a pretty cool story, man. I got. I'm gonna talk about how a janitor invented flaming hot Cheetos while he was. A janitor at PepsiCo. Ooh. And just the story of how he got there. Tatsi. So bear with me on this one. So Richard Montanez. He is the son of a Mexican immigrant. 
uh, he grew up in a labor camp in Southern California. So he came from a very uh, disadvantaged life. So him and his 10 siblings uh, lived in a one-bedroom apartment with his parents before, for like, I think, five to 10 years before mm-hmm. eventually moving to an 800-square-foot three-bedroom home with still the 11 siblings and the Jeez. parents. Um, so he, he even said himself, like, he has a PhD in being poor, hungry, and determined. PhD. Okay. I thought that was clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just his backup was he, he lived a life where he had, he had to work, and he had to – his back was against the wall all the time. But he, the story mentions how he was very entrepreneurial growing up. So they tell a story about when he first started going to school, he was embarrassed because his mom would always pack him – burritos in his lunch and no one else there knew what burritos were like he was the only kid at school that had a burrito and so he came home to his mom and he's like mom can you just make me a bologna sandwich and what and chips like the rest of the kids so instead his mom packed him two burritos so that he could share the extra burrito with someone at school and make a friend and like introduce him to that Oh, so instead, nice. and so what he did is, he and they're had, already poor, so that's like, yeah, what a mom move. But get this, he had a very entrepreneurial mindset about it. He would take the extra burrito and he would sell them for twenty five cents each to people at school, and so he had he had a very entrepreneurial mindset from the beginning. Yeah, um, and that ties into the rest of the story. So eventually, he dropped out of school before getting a diploma. It just school wasn't for him. He was working a series of low paying jobs. Uh, like slaughtering chickens, gardening, very very low jobs. But I mean, he was grew, he grew up as a worker. And one day he was working in a car wash when a friend came up and said, "Hey, Frito Lay is hiring," because there was a, a big Frito Lay plant in his town. Okay. Um, and so he applied for the janitor position, and he got the janitor position. So he's working as a janitor at Frito Lay, um, and he works at a company where the CEO um, at the time, Roger Enrico, the CEO of Frito Lay, he encourages the kind of or he did encourage a work culture there for employees to bring ideas to the table be entrepreneurial bring like let us know if you have an idea so one day a machine broke down in the assembly line at and it was the cheetos assembly line so what happened was there was a bag of cheetos that didn't get dusted by like the regular cheese okay because the machine broke down and so uh richard he took the the bag home and he put chili powder on them, and it was like an idea that was inspired by like a street vendor, a local street vendor that um, uh, put like grilled corn with lime and chili. So that's where he got the flaming hot Cheetos idea from, like putting this chili powder on this bag of Cheetos that Whoa. didn't get dusted on the regular thing. So he pitched the idea to the CEO at the time. So he got a hold of the uh, the the personal assistant of the CEO. Um, and so he, he finally got to him, he got his attention and the CEO gave him two weeks to prepare a presentation for company executives. So this dude knew nothing about marketing, knew nothing about any of that stuff, but he had this idea. So he went to the library, checked out books on marketing, uh, designed a very unique bag. Cause that's a big part of sure chips is the bag. Um, and he pitched, he, he walked into the meeting with, with a $3 tie and pitched this idea to the CEO, the line of executives. Um, and they love, they absolutely love the idea. And ever since then, he, he worked his way up to the corporate ladder, worked his way up to executive level, and now he gives motivational talks and presents to different companies on the importance of diversity in business. Hmm. So I thought this was a really cool story. And he remarked, he's like, life would be very different if I didn't have the guts to contact the CEO. Because that's what he said his biggest hurdle was, was 
he had the idea, like all of us regular people have ideas about stuff, but did you act upon it? Did you put yourself out there and risk and, and make a call? He called the CEO directly, but obviously he got the personal assistant. Yeah. But he had the guts to like make the call. Right. And just the fact that his life is totally different. He probably changed life for his family, his family's family, his his ancestors because he made this one call. So yeah. I just thought this, this was a really cool story. I saw it on uh, CNBC Make It. Um, and I want to talk about it on the show because I just, I think when you have people that like are in a, like live a life like that where they have absolutely nothing, they have nothing to lose. Their, their backs are against the wall. They, they didn't live a privileged lifestyle. Like just the fact that he had the idea to go, to go do that and, and change his life forever. I thought it was really cool. So does he still work at Frito-Lay? Mm-hmm. Do you know his current position? No, I just know he's, he's a top executive. I, I could look that up currently, but huh. Yeah, I just think it's cool how he's That's crazy. executive level there. Didn't finish school. Didn't finish, what, yeah. high school? Dropped out of high school? Right. Was a janitor at the wow. same company he's an executive at now. So. Those, that, that, I, that, that completely changes my perspective of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Like, I bet no, oh, like, absolutely. no one realized, like, that's where that, that idea came from. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't like a, a marketing corporate head that figured out it was the janitor of Frito-Lay. <laughs> Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Extraordinary work. Uh, man, that's just... I love those types of stories because it's they have nothing else to lose at that point. Mm-hmm. And why not try it? Yeah. The ask. Like, he asked and he got... Which, two weeks to come up with a presentation is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. So he knew, like, okay, I got it. Now I have to really deliver. Yeah. And he just made it happen. Mm-hmm. But it was, he didn't take the bag and just, oh, I'll just eat these. Right. Or throw them away. Yeah, or... throw them out. He, he had a thought of, what can I do? Like, I'm poor, I'm hungry, and I'm determined. Mm-hmm. What can I do with this untouched bag of Cheetos? Mm-hmm. And he made flaming hot Cheetos. Unreal. Dude's a legend. Yeah. People don't even know this guy. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. We should get him on the podcast. I'm I gonna, think that would be outstanding. I'm gonna hunt him down. I think you should. I think you should. And then, I mean, the creator of flaming hot Cheetos. Mm-hmm. I can't even eat them because you know, dairy allergy, mm-hmm. but they're good. Yeah. And they get to a point where you know you want to stop because it's so hot, but they still taste so good. You keep on going. Dangerously cheesy. <laughs> I, th- I think it's also cool how he's he's like he he's worked his way up and he's doing even more. Like he's like he's going and preaching about diversity in businesses and yeah. advo- advocating for a, a, a group like a demographic that he comes from that he can help future people maybe like him work work his way up. So. Well, and it's like you don't know who has what type of idea. Yeah. Until you give them the the safe environment to just share that. Mm-hmm. There's so many places where people probably have really good ideas that don't feel they can safely express, hey, I have a, a thought and an idea. Mm-hmm. Because maybe there's a lot of people getting shot down with things or you just don't list, have people who listen to a new thought or idea. Or there's something that created them to think, I can't present this to anyone, mm. but this guy 
was was like, nah, let's let's shoot, see what happens. So yeah. love the moves, man. Love love the guts. Just hey, I'm a janitor, but I have a great idea. Mm-hmm. So you just yeah, you never know who has what kind of idea or thought or or insight, and it's that's the beauty of it, though. You don't know where it's going to come yeah. from. You can't get a degree in creativity. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Facts, dude. Bring it to speak Drop your mind. Drop it. Speak, speak your mind if you have Drop a good idea. It, no matter Tim. who you are. Drop it. That's a that's a sweet story, man. Thanks for bringing that up because that's that's fun to hear when when things like that happen. Uh, people just they go for it. Yeah. So, um, I I saw this article headlined more clickbait. Effects of eating 1,200 calories per day and working out for 90 minutes. Oh, I don't like so, the sound of that. So, but it says effects of eating 1,200. So, it, it's not benefits. I would have gone a little more off the handle if it was. And in the article, in the latter half of it, they do reference, you know, not everyone can um, just do only 1,200 calories 90 minutes might not be the ideal time for everyone to work out. So they kind of brushed on that very lightly in the latter half of the article. But they started out with talking how, you know, doing the 1,200 calories, a 90-minute workout can facilitate fat loss and muscle gain and this and that. So that's the meat and potatoes of it is building off those two numbers. Yeah. Which I have a real hard time being okay with because even though they say in the back half you know it's not the amount of calories for everyone you know multiply your body weight between these two numbers which there's more to do than just that that might get you a rough idea but there's more to do than just that kind of math and like 90 minutes like that's a long time 90 minutes is a really long workout yeah, I, I, I mean, I barely do half. Like, my workouts are like 40, 40 45 yeah, minutes. That, that's a very long workout. Now, I can see, so take, for example, over the weekend, I, I like to just kind of take my time because I'm not rushed. I don't have to get to work or, or this or that. So yeah. I might be in there an hour and a half to two, and that's, I had a good lift in. I did some, you know, 20 minutes on the bike. I stretched for a good uh, good while, then I was in the sauna, then I showered. So, you know, all those things considered. But it's like 90-minute workout, that's long. Mm-hmm. And on 1,200 calories, like most of those, or a good chunk of those are going towards because, because of that 90-minute workout. What else are you doing in your day where you, you only need like six, seven, eight hundred 800 calories? Mm-hmm. And... So I just I, I don't like how they they feed off those two numbers and even though they say it's not for everyone it's just if you're gonna do that you need to explain why it's not for everyone what else goes into determining those numbers like this or article explain what should make up the calories exactly it so doesn't this, talk about I don't see the word protein carbohydrate or fat in here do you no and that's so vague right so it's like okay just twelve hundred calories and ninety minute workouts and I'm good. I'll gain muscle and lose weight. And it's like you are misleading. How many people are not going to read the back half of that article or not even care that you say it's not for everyone? They see 
1,200 calories, 90-minute workouts, 90-minute workouts, oh, I'll lose weight, I'll gain muscle, done, I got my, I got my X factors ready to go, let's go apply, it's like, then you're going to wonder why you feel like shit, because you're only doing 1,200 calories a day, maybe you have a, uh, an active job too, so, like, this article could have crushed it if they said, how to determine number of calories and workout length for your fitness goals and then went into you know this is how you determine based on your body type your height and weight how many calories per day and you know the longer the workout or the more intense the workout the more stress on the body so if you're already high stress you know those types of things are so crucial well let me ask you this if if you're someone who is trying to who is trying to achieve this goal Mm-hmm. Would you recommend them to lower calories, or would you recommend them to readjust the way they eat protein, fat, and carbohydrates? Which would you do first? For just like weight loss? Yeah, if you're someone who works out a lot, well, like, and you're trying to like do if you if you're trying to be leaner, like you're trying to build muscle, but you're trying to shred. What would like what would you recommend for their okay. diet? Would and- you lower the calories right away, or would you? adjust the amount of protein or carbs or fat that you're eating? Uh, what would you do first? We're assuming a, a pretty healthy average diet. Mm-hmm. First thing I'd do, I'd look at the workout program programming. Has it been the same for the last three, four, five, six months? If so, start there. Okay. Next, easy way to determine where you're at calorically. Don't change anything for a week. Step on the scale. Go Sunday to Sunday. Step on the scale Sunday. This is when I use a scale as a tool. I don't use a scale a lot with people. Look at that number. Don't change anything for the week. With your with your diet. Right. Start with the Would you right. opt the reps with the workouts? Nope, nope. Oh. If you want to figure out where you need to go first, take a week, do everything the same, get that weight, and then after that week, see if it's lower the same or a little higher. Then you'll know on average that okay, Maybe I'm just in maintenance. But what if people? What if people don't have that patience? What if people don't don't eat? Then they, they don't care enough. If you can't just look at one number on Sunday, keep up everything you're still doing. So a pretty healthy diet, a decent workout regimen. What if it's the same? If they look the next week, what if their weight's the same? Then they know they're they're just. But they're trying. Main- they're, but they're trying to lose weight. Like what if someone's at 185? They want to get to like 175, but they, they still want to work out. And yeah. they do what you did, and they're still at 185. What do they do? Okay. So say you change the, the workout, maybe lose another pound or two. Um, and if you need to lose weight, then if you're maintaining, then you would go in a caloric deficit. You would, you would lower the calories first? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, that's off just a very quick, yeah, that's what I would do. If, if that was it. Mm-hmm. Now, I take a lot of other things considered. Mm-hmm. So how is your metabolism? Now, are you maintaining already at 1,200 calories a day and you have an active job or are you high-stress job, you know, and now you're going to a deficit to 900 calories a day? See, I'm going to look at that too. Mm-hmm. But that's a little deeper, like, when I'm really coaching someone for, like, if the average bearer is having a good amount of calories they eat throughout the day and they're full they're not hungry uh, and they're not like overly stuffed and they're maintaining weight like if you're comfortably eating each day and, and you're not hungry then 
you're probably doing pretty okay for the average bear and you can mm-hmm. restrict calories a little bit and you'll probably notice some weight loss too. Mm-hmm. That so makes sense. Those are just simple red flags. You know, if, if you're like, oh, I eat about like 1,200 calories a day. I want to lose like five pounds. I'm not going to restrict you more. I might need to up your your intake a little bit. But again, that's a little deeper level there. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you're you know pretty healthy on average, you're eating a good amount of food, you have a decent workout regimen, you're not high stress on the body, in and out of the gym, you know, life and things. Yeah, cut those calories back, but change the workout programming first. Yeah. Before you restrict your body's fuel, change the programming. Okay. I would go there first, and then you can cut calories if you're at a safe spot. Okay. Yep. Does that answer your question? That answers the question perfectly. So just based on what I'm getting from this article, you can't just assign 1,200 calories. you got to do a more methodical self-audit of, hey, what's the most appropriate yeah. amount of calories for me? Yeah, that, that's what I see wrong in this article too. Like, Are you just assuming everyone's like a specific body type, certain age, weight, height? Yeah. Right, exactly. So... And 90 that minutes. Nice, that would be nice to preface that. 90 minutes. You're going to tell your grandma to do a 90 minute workout? <laughs> grandma, walk around the track 500 times. <laughs> 90 minutes. Grandma, uh, I need a half marathon out of you by lunch. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for bringing that to light, dog. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I want people to realize that there's so much in every type of space, but especially I feel the health and fitness and wellness and all this where it's just, People like to throw shit on the wall and see what sticks and just toss it out there for everyone to consume. And it's like people are going to get damaged in some way, shape, or form. So I like people to be just aware. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. I'm done. I'm done on my soapbox. Yeah. What, uh, what you got for an RLE, Tim? Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm a professional rider. Ooh, professional rider. Officially. What, what? No, you, not like full time. Hey, uh, hey, you got a manager? <laughs> you want to be one? Yeah. Can can <laughs> you be like LeBron and I'll be his friend and I won't have a degree or anything and I'll just... Day, day ones. Day ones. Nah, I mean, yeah, I said a professional rider, but definitely definitely not full time right Which now. Which we're proponents so, of his manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what... We we both produce blogs for the podcast. Yeah, I love to I write every single day, mm-hmm. and whether it's about like self journaling or writing about specific issues that people are dealing with, like personally, just things that can just come to me, um, and I enjoy doing it every day. But I decided to to see if I could just make some money off of it, my, make some money off my passion, because I Might mean it, well. it is it is a hobby, and I would do it for free. But I was like, hey, like why not just reach out to people? So I started doing it like earlier this year, just like reaching out to like because everybody needs a writer i yeah. realize like there's so many places there's there's content companies that create articles for people and need writers um so i reached out to places and i kind of like stopped doing it for a while recently but someone like reached out to me like seven months later after i had submitted something hmm. a company called like word agents um so and i and i get paid to write articles now and it feels pretty cool that's dope dude <laughs> yeah just as oh that's awesome because here's the thing like just for anybody out there that like has like a passion of doing something and you have like a full-time job, if you like still enjoy doing it on the side, like eventually if you, you can get paid for it if you reach out to enough people. That's the second part of it. Like if you really want to earn something for what you're passionate about, do it by yourself, but like have have the audacity, have the confidence to go out and like 
put your work out into the world and go and go ask people. So that's yeah. what I, that's what I did, and it feels good to, to have someone that finally like sees value in something in in, in my work because a lot of people didn't because I reached out to a lot of people didn't get back, but it feels good to have someone get back to me on it. So but it's cool. Ah, there's so many just lessons that encompass everything you just talked about and and are doing because one is just you're getting paid to do something you love doing Mm -hmm. how many people think that's not possible yeah and it's yes it's hard but it's not as hard as you think it is right and yes it's scary to put out your own content whether it's a podcast or your writing or whatever it may be your music you know shout out dj marcovelli keese Marquise, uh, yeah, at the DJ Marcovelli, go crushing it on the ones and twos. Dude's creating some heat. Uh, yeah, he, now he's doing shows and he didn't really chase those opportunities, but he's getting paid to do stuff he loves to do. And be willing to do it for free at first. I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'm not saying like only started it if you're going to get money for it. I, I did it for free. I did it for myself. I did it for our podcast. And re- you should also reach out to people and say, "Hey, I'll do this for free as well." Like you, you got like like what Keith did. Like he's just right. doing it. He's yeah. doing it as a hobby, but like that leads to other things. Like yes, people see you. Like you're gonna you're gonna be doing it so much. You're gonna be doing it for free on stages where people where you're exposed to people who will eventually pay you to do it. Yeah. So and, and if you do it for free, then you know you love it enough. Mm-hmm. Then you'll you will just be good enough that it you will get paid for it if that's the goal. Yeah. Because if you're doing it for free, then you do it because you really love doing it. Mm-hmm. And so putting it out there, once you start doing that, I felt after we, you know, five, ten episodes out, it was for me personally, okay, we're doing it. And all right, just another episode now. Yeah. You know, sometimes we get more vulnerable on, on some shows than others, but like that's part of life. Like life is going into this podcast. And just putting it out there after so many, it's just reps. And it's like, okay, I'm not holding the gun in your head to read my blogs, my my journals, to listen to our episode, whatever it may be. Like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care, but I'm doing it because it's what I love to do. Yeah. And someone else has recognized your talents to okay. Let me offer you some money to do this. Mm-hmm. So, and, and patience. Mm-hmm. You had the patience of just, okay, I was doing it for a while, maybe not as fruitful. I, I took a break for a little bit, and now it came back to me. Mm-hmm. And it was an offer. And that offering, I, I see as part of the universe kind of holding out the hand of like, okay, you you gave some. And... You took a break. You weren't fighting any resistance. You just took a break. Now I'm giving back a little bit. It's your job to take this or keep moving on. Mm. And you took it because you felt a, a compelling drive to write. Yeah. Because it's what you love to do. I love writing, man. I'm with you. I, I love I love the, the handwriting journaling still. I still have to do that. That helps me, mm-hmm. especially if I have a bad day. That's when I know I definitely need maybe a little extra. Yeah. But... It's not extreme to think that you can get paid doing something you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So, you want to know what I sent them? 
I sent them a collection of blog posts that I've made for this exact podcast. Oh, let's and, go. And descriptions that I've written for this podcast. And that's what I recommend other people to do. Like, when you do it for yourself, you're going to create pieces of artwork that you like that are within your specifications, that are within your terms. And then take everything you've written and collect like the best like three or five things you've done and just go sit them to everybody. You never know. You never know what's going to yeah. happen. You never know. And, and if you're stuck on, oh, I don't know what to write. I kind of like writing. I don't know if I like writing. Uh, I've never really written. Write about your day. Start there. Mm. Write about your day. Or write about an issue you're having. Or an issue you have solved. Yeah. Whether it was a personal or in a job. How did you solve something really well? Like, oh, wow, I really did, did a good job handling this or delivering this or this project or this happened and I put out this fire. Because very likely, there's at least one other person in this entire world who has had that exact same issue. Mm-hmm. And think about whenever someone has created something that went huge, they were creating a problem that they had and thought maybe someone else has this issue too. Yeah. I mean, think about. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at a power strip right now. Someone had an issue of not having enough things to plug in all their their stuff, so they made a strip of outlets. Mm. I mean, how many of those do you see in colleges alone? What a genius idea! But one person was probably thinking, "Man, I wish I had more outlets." What if I could just plug in one thing that attached to eight other outlets? Wow, how genius. Yeah. It's just solving a problem. Yeah. So start there. And going off of that, tell, tell me if you've ever heard someone doing this before, but I was at my girlfriend's apartment, and you know how they have those those like sticky things you can mount to a wall? Like you can stick it, Velcro, and you can Velcro anything to a wall. Oh, yeah, and then you she like Velcro- pull it down. She Velcroed that to the wall so that she doesn't have to bend down behind the bed and like turn on the, the flip switch because you know how they have the flip switch yeah she's got like christmas lights that run around her room that are connected to this and only turn on when you flip the switch so she stuck it to the top of her wall where she can like easily switch it that's oh, a good idea wow. like that too <laughs> working smarter not like harder. An, ex- an extra light switch you put into your yeah room. smarter not harder betlinson bretlinson she better listen to this one yeah that was clever as hell yeah um yeah Oh, but genius cool. idea. It all, came, it all came from a problem. Yeah, solving a problem. Yeah. So if you don't know what to write, write about that. Or like I said, your day. Yeah. Identify, like, we have all, like, grown and improved at some part of our lives. Think back to the last time you, like, got better at something. And just think back why you got better at it. And then write about that. Yeah. There yeah. you go. It, I love writing. Man. It's fun. It, it it took me a long time to get good at business style writing where you're short and concise and to the point. It's an adjustment. Because I was such a creative writer in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was the – like when I turned in my first project for this, they, they I had to do some revisions. It was because my, my sentences were concise. Because in school, we're taught to put in like connectors in between our sentences, like mm-hmm. phrases, like – you're supposed to elongate your sentences and have commas in them. It's supposed to flow. Creative like, writing and flare it up. Yeah. Yeah. But like in today's times where like people's attention spans are so short, there's so many articles out there on the internet. People want stuff that's like quick, concise to the point that doesn't take a long time to read. Right. So it's just interesting just going from that like in high school to like 
this now. And like, yeah. they don't like paragraphs to be any more than four sentences long or four like visual lines. So like, if your paragraphs are longer than that, they're not, they're not like optimized for like an internet article. Right. If it it's looks daunting, no one's gonna read it's it. It's interesting. The 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 thought that goes behind it that I didn't think about. Yeah. Well, now you're getting into psychology with it. Yeah, and that's what I'm. I mean, you learn as you go. You got to got to get that opportunity. So. Reps, baby. Reps. That's cool. Glad you're doing that, man. Yeah, that man. sounds that sounds fun. Fun stuff. Yeah. So I had uh, an interesting question posed to me by by Shelby Shelby okay. Evans. And it was on our way back from... Who's Shelby Evans for the... For oh, the, sorry. For Shelby the Evans, a very good friend of mine. He does great uh, remodeling in houses, too. So if you need some help, uh, let me know. DM us at Off the Dome Radio. Yeah, for another Butler guy, but great, great with his uh, hands. Does great work on houses and things like that. Getting into some real estate mm-hmm. uh, deals and stuff. So, yeah, if anyone needs any, any work done in the house, let me know. I got a guy. Um, so he, he went up to the lake with me for Labor Day weekend and on the way back, he asked me a question that he was also asked and that was what parts or times throughout your day, like your, your average day, are you truly happy to, to where you are, you are truly like, wow, I'm really happy about that or I'm happy with this or you know maybe it's maybe go home to a loved one or something Mm -hmm. or you know things that really bring about that true happiness some people maybe they get that purely like look I'm happy at the gym yeah I'm glad I'm there it's kind of a pocket of peace for me Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say like I took this question as like true happiness you know it's like yeah I'm happy with good workout I feel good it's like, when am I like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really happy right now. And it was, it was interesting that I had a hard time coming up with those answers. And so, like, I, I love my job. I love what we're doing. I was like, man, I, I am really happy, like, when I record, too. And I was like, and I need to make sure because I don't always get as happy when I record. But it's something I love to do, so I need to make sure when I do it, I am happy doing it. So I needed to start identifying more times and things and people in my day when I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're ever like struggling with things, you lose all happiness out of everything. And it's realizing why I started enjoying it in the first place. So I was like, man, that, that's a good question. And it was like hard to answer. And I was like, okay, I need to need to work on some things. I need to get the enjoyment out of things again. Why or why am I having such a hard time to find the happiness still in something? Mm-hmm. So it That's was a great question. It was just a, yeah, it was a really That's interesting deep. question, and it I still am thinking about it a couple weeks later, where it's I'm like, man, it's still kind of messing with me a little bit, you know. But it's just a good question because it makes you think, okay, if I'm not really happy with something, something has to change. And I need to identify what has to change. So it was just, yeah, I was like, damn, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring that on here 
and get your thought on it. But I just think, yeah, if we start asking that to your, to ourselves, how many can you get or how many can you not get? Yeah. For me, you want me to answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. For me, I'm trying to think like the top five things when I'm most happy in my day. Probably when I, whenever I'm riding my bike to the gym. Hmm. Cause I know I'm I'm always listening to a pod. Like I'm happy when I listen to podcasts too. Yeah. Like if if whatever I'm doing while I'm listening to a podcast, like this past weekend I played pool by myself while listening to a podcast. I was happy then. Yeah. I ride my bike and listen to a podcast. I'm happy then. I'm happiest when I do that. When I'm just shooting in an empty gym by myself. Mm. I like playing with other people. I like playing in games. But I'm most happiest when I'm just shooting by myself, reflecting. Uh, I'm happiest when I'm creating our podcast. Like whether yeah. it's producing, like whether it's writing the, the description or creating the Instagram post for it, I genuinely enjoy like creating like visual things. Like I just enjoy doing it. There's yeah. never a time where I'm like, oh, I gotta fucking do this. Yeah, I'm yeah. always like looking forward to do it. Uh, writing, we we just discussed that. Yeah, and the, well, I do love writing. While we're doing this right now, um, and then I just enjoy having just the real conversations, whether it's with my mom, my girlfriend, my roommate, mm-hmm. um, just like listening to like what other people are doing like my, my roommate he's applying for um like a mentorship program with like underprivileged kids okay like, like uh what's what kind of like a brother's helping what's that organization called oh like like a big brother program yeah like something okay. like that like that's yeah what, like just hearing cool. like someone do that like that makes me happy like seeing other people just going out and doing that yeah so just talk, those are that like other people's happiness. Talking to people about their happiness makes me happy. Right so, on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say yeah. The I like writing and the podcast work. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed reaching out to different people lately. Yeah. Just finding fascinating individuals. The chase. And, yeah, and and see what they're doing, how they're doing it, how they're giving back, how they're kind of being a, a good role model and positive image and then trying to talk to them and i think that's that's fun i also really enjoy cooking for for people i care about like mm-hmm. i don't cook for everyone like that might sound like kind of dickish like uh so my last ex like christina i took i cooked for her all the time i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. because like or i've cooked for shelby uh, as well, and I enjoy when people enjoy my food. Mm. Your food sucks, dude. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, give me 12 seconds is, out in the parking lot, grade school style. I'm taking the, you to the yard. Is that the worst insult someone could give you? My food sucks? <laughs> um, No. Worst insult would like bringing up a family member. Okay. okay. That That's, okay, that's okay, an yeah, insult. Yeah. Okay, but keep going. Making food for people. Yeah. That's big, man. Um, That's yeah, life. I, I really enjoy when someone's like, yo, this is like really good slakes. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I figure it's pretty. Like, they're like, no, this is really good stuff. Like, Why don't you cook for me, dog? You never cook for me. <laughs> man, Tim, you don't call. You don't write. <laughs> <laughs> cook for me this week. <laughs> man, if a brother could add a please. God bless. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll cook for you. Uh, any dietary restrictions? No. All right. Well, you don't get gluten or dairy because I don't do those. So that's fine. <laughs> okay. I um, stay away from dairy anyway. So that's yeah. Good. So that that's that's a top 
uh, and then I was like, well, whenever I'm up at the lake, whenever I'm on the boat, I'm just like, I'm good. Like, real life doesn't exist mm-hmm. when I'm on the boat. Like, that's probably the easiest number one answer I can give to you all day, every day. If, like, there's a true happiness, like, that's it. Mm. So, yeah, my, my parents went up there, and we went up there for Labor Day, and I took the boat out and everyone, and it was just being, like, taking it out, kind of running things, like, just being the captain. You know, everyone was having some drinks, enjoying it, and I, I wasn't because I was driving, but it was just fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I just love being on the water, on the boat. Like, that's that's a happiness. Yeah. Like, that's a level where if I could do that year-round, oh, man, happiness levels change. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, there, there's a few things, but it was tough. Uh, and I was almost surprised thinking, man, I thought I was a... I don't want to say I'm not a happy person, but I thought I was happier to the point where I wouldn't struggle answering that question. But it was also humbling to see what's going on, what changes need to be made, where do I have to adapt or adjust. Mm. So also a good learner question too. Yeah, but it's self-reflective. Oh, also add meditation to my list. Mm. I'm never mad when I'm meditating. That's obvious. You can't meditate if you're mad. True. Then you're just going to get pissed. That's a great question. Thanks for raising that. Yeah. Slagerson. Yeah. Good job, Shelberson. Uh, what you got for some book talk? Yeah. I am uh, about to conclude my The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. We talked about it a little bit on here before. It's about over- overcoming your creative blocks, whether you're an artist, an athlete, any anytime where you're creating creative work for other people. So overcoming that. That's what the book's about. Um, he talks the, about the concept of a true professional and what the true professional, true professional's goals should be. And he talks about the goal for a professional is not victory because the professional knows that success will come by itself when it wants to. The goal of the professional should be to handle himself, to handle his insides as sturdily, as steady as he can. Because he says what he means by that is like, Success is going to come to you eventually, but you have to be able to withstand the times where people aren't recognizing you yet. People aren't mm. like you're failing, you're not succeeding right away. Being able to hit, because like he talks about, like most people who are like working towards something meaningful, they quit right away because they expect like the like they're working for the victory. When you're working for the victory, you're expecting it to come right away. Like, so, like in our example exposure or growth in following for the podcast like if if that's all we're like if that's all we're worrying about every day instead of being a better writer being a better speaker creating better content putting in work to get guests if we thought about just growing our exposure all the time we we would never make it that's what he means by that because like oh it's beautiful yeah like like he says the professional arms himself with with patience not only to give the stars time to align in his career but to keep himself from flaming out in each individual work, which is what we Ooh. just said, like flaming, like that flaming Ooh. out, that flaming out concept. Steven, you dog. Which is like another, like how I compare that to, like I immediately thought about what Gary Vee said: micro speed, macro patience. Yes. The macro, the macro is is the victory. The macro is the success. The macro is the exposure. But like, none of us want to put in like the the speed and and the time into creating the work that we're doing. That's right in front of us. Yes. So that's that's what he's saying. Because like, 
it's it really speaks to me because like you got you have to be willing to put in that work every day and be patient. Uh, create something, write something, like produce something, and put your and that's part of it. But we also talked about it literally like thirty minutes earlier. Put it out into the world. Yeah. Like produce episodes, reach out to people, tell people about what you do because people want to help. The stars will eventually align. So that's that's what he says, and this goes for any writer, a musical artist, podcaster, a a physical therapist who is writing is creating articles what, what? for for LinkedIn. Like any like no matter what you're doing, you can go to work and do it every day, but like put in the work to to put ideas out there. Right. That's a that's a whole other part of it. So and, and the more content you do and put out, the better it's gonna get. Yeah. It will not get as good as you hope and want it to get if you don't keep doing it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure not all my blog articles are as read as well as I think they might. Mm-hmm. That's where I just keep doing reps. Yeah. Just more reps. If someone doesn't <clears throat> like it, okay, what's yours say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's play this game. Right. Whatever. Just put it out. Yeah. This reminds me like success isn't victory. Like. It's like a journey. It's like the path to getting there. Yeah. It's it's the courage, like he says. It's the courage to handle yourself, to handle your insides when like things aren't going well. Cause it's gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna seem like it's like that all the time. Yeah. So it's but well, that's all part of the path to where you actually want to go. So well, and it, and it's a hard you know mental shift to kind of dismiss everyone else's thoughts on your own work mm-hmm. because you want people to enjoy it. You yeah. want it to be good. Yeah. But whose path are you walking here? Right. Whose journey are you following? If theirs is to talk smack and, and degrade, man, their journey sucks. Mm. That that's a sad journey, and that's going to be a long road for them. But like y- your happiness, your thing that you want to do, whether you know it, it's writing, playing a sport, playing an instrument, singing, wh- whatever we're balancing dishes on on sticks and things i don't i don't know you know riding the tallest unicycle Mm -hmm. whatever your thing is man who cares because look people get entertained by that too yeah create content it's entertaining that's right it's amazing skills to see someone do that Mm -hmm. so yeah man it's it's hard at first but once you start you know it's the snowball effect yep it gets easier and and it just gets faster and more content just momentum builds and builds and builds Mm -hmm. And just keep throwing gasoline on the fire. Mm-hmm. Keep watering your plant yeah. every day. Yeah, exactly. Give it attention. So, that's good. Good stuff, man. Ooh, Pressfield. On one. Steven. On one, Steven. Let's get him. Um, so, yeah, I finally finished uh, <laughs> Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I focused on one book it's, this weekend. It's finished, baby. Oh, my God, dude. About damn time. Hey, as long as you finished it. So, matter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up my, my reading pace because I know I need to read a lot more. Be good for me. Mm-hmm. But... There were, there were two things that stuck out in the last probably 20, 30 chapters that I really highlighted. Um, and one was just titled, Lighten Up. We get so uptight about everything, so frustrated so quickly. Think about just traffic, you know. And, and the root of being uptight and wound up is our unwillingness to accept life as being different in any way from our expectations Mm -hmm. so we see everyone sees through their own lens how their life the lives of others should be how everything should go how it should work out we we think we have this understanding of how 
our life should should be run. Mm-hmm. And and the fact is that those expectations, most of them will not be met because life is the way it is. It's kind of like the market. The market doesn't care how you feel. Mm-hmm. Life goes as it needs to. Yeah. And we have no control over anything outside of our own control. So as backwards as that sounds, but it's trying to understand to have less expectation. So for example, expect that you're going to get stopped by traffic. Expect that person will not let you in, in traffic or expect the hiccup with that project at work or with the coworker expect, you know, don't always expect everything to go smooth sailing. Oh, I'm going to hit every green light. No, you're going to get pissed off after you hit two. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it, it's trying to understand that you shouldn't expect the worst all the time. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But understanding that life is just the way that, that it is. Mm-hmm. And you might have an idea of how things ought to go, but telling yourself, okay, if it doesn't happen that way, I kind of knew that was possible. So the possibility of things just not going exactly how you think they should or might. Mm-hmm. And then the book talked about it as now you're just dancing with life. Now you're not fighting against it all the time. Now you're not angry with how it's going all the time. You're just dancing with it. And, and this one stuck out to me because I'm like, wow, this is a good one for me because sometimes I feel, well, not sometimes, a lot of times I feel I'm I'm fighting against how things are going i'm just fighting life instead of trying to just dance and waltz with it which is hard to do it's like no man i'm getting steamrolled with this and that and blah 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 that's all right let's talk about other chapters what's the lesson learned which again harder to to do but it's a dance Mm -hmm. and so i was reading this over the weekend and i was like man i i need to be a better dancer here uh because being a fighter isn't working, you know. So this one was was really solid, I thought. And the other was listen to your feelings because uh, they're trying to tell you something. And this is a quick one. Uh, the book talked about your feelings as a guidance system to help navigate you through life and help kind of keep you on track. So if you go down one path and there's a lot of anger, frustration, unhappiness, stress down that road, then those feelings are telling you that that might not be the road for you. Or if it's like, wow, that felt really awesome. Uh, I, did, I did this today and, and I was fulfilled or I helped this person do that or I tried this and I just felt free. You know, Those are also telling you something. Go that route. So I thought that was interesting that your feelings are kind of a guidance system of, of telling you um, when to keep going and kind of when to just have a mental adjustment here and there. Mm-hmm. So those two things, yeah, listen to your feelings and um, lighten up, I thought were, were strong towards the end of the book. And again, I think every chapter has a good daily life lesson that is applicable right away. But yeah, uh, there were some that just spoke to me a little more. But man, I recommend this book to anyone. Yeah, anyone and everyone. You just return it to me, so yeah. whoever wants it, DM me, and I'll let you borrow mine. Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. It's it's all small stuff. Yes, sir. So, yeah, man. Appreciate the the extension on the loan there. Yeah, man. Well, I really haven't seen your late bill yet, so <laughs> yet. You'll, you'll be getting that in the mail. Wait for the next email later on today. Yeah.
So yeah, man, those are uh, those are some some good heavy hitters that I thought were just you know had some meat and potatoes behind it. Yeah, thank so. you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> Aha. Tim, you got anything else you want to share on the podcast today, brother? Uh, I do not. Just well, yeah. Just cre- create create more work for yourself. I mean, meaningful work that you love to do. Just and, and water your dream every day, whether it's something you enjoy, um, and just don't give up. Yeah, yeah. What What are the meaningful accomplishments? Like yeah. truly meaningful accomplishments. Yeah. Not just the nice stuff, but the fulfillment side of it. Yes, sir. So. That's all I have. All right, right on, dude. Uh, hey, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. We really appreciate your time, uh, you listening to our, our thoughts and what's kind of going on uh, in the world and, and otherwise. So if you're enjoying the show, please head over to iTunes uh, at Off The Dome Radio. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Then DM us on Instagram. Let us know that you did so uh, with your name and a good mailing address. We'll send you a free laptop sticker, no charge at all to you. Uh, just as a, a little way of saying thank you uh, for our appreciation of you of you checking us out here. So until next time, you guys have a great, great Tuesday.